Rusty Quill presents. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Careful, egg roller is a lit candle. You cannot play with lit candles. Sam, do you want the last... What in the hells have you done to my floor? It's a circle. Yes, but it's in Sharpie. Why can't you use chalk like a normal person? The floors are all scuffed anyway. I should turn you onto the street. You wouldn't. Oh, no. Anna would kill me. Actually, there's a thought. Why didn't you go and stay with Anna? Can you imagine? No, you're right. What about Oliver? What about him? Anna says he's been here every time she's been over while I was away. Why don't you go and stay there? I don't know. It feels like more of a big deal when I go there, you know? It's his space. And this is mine, and look what you've done to it. What are you trying to do exactly, anyway? Well, I had a theory that if I cast a circle and... Oh, it worked! It worked! What worked? The red light is glowing! We're live! Welcome back to Spirit Box Radio!
faithful listeners, welcome back to Spirit Box Radio. It's so great to talk to you again. Kitty's gone out. I think she's pretty mad about the floor, but it worked, didn't it? I got the show to broadcast again, on purpose. It's pretty wild, actually. I had this idea this afternoon when I was messing around with one of Kitty's spell kits, and I thought, oh, maybe it's less of a technical problem and more of an arcane problem. And I was right. Which, you know, possibly concerning. So, how have you been? Uh, Oh, (laughs) right, right, I speak. You don't get to answer. That's how it works. Ahem. Yes. Well, I've been... I don't know. Pretty good, actually. It's been really annoying that I've not been able to get the show to go live, but... Yeah, I, uh... Oh, I have so much to tell you about. First, though, thank you so much for all of your support in the P.O. Box whilst I've been unable to broadcast. Just reading your letters aloud on my own, it's been so wonderful. I have far too many of them to share with you now, but honestly, I'm so grateful, faithful listeners. Amidst all the support, there has been quite a lot of business as usual. Or, rather, not business as usual, because this isn't exactly a business, and I don't think anything Spirit Box Radio has been used for has ever been usual. But there have been letters. The big thing is, of course the spirit box services why the spirit box services volume suddenly skips up to 100% and every device in your home even those which have no speakers begin to play the skipping stations of the spirit box service whenever you try to use it I don't know but it's been happening to me too those of you trying to commune after your kids have gone to bed I'm really sorry about all the disruption I can't honestly tell you I'm doing my best to fix it because I don't know where to start but I am trying I promise All the letters Madame Marie dealt with on the show were from small-time arcanists or psychics or witches. People who interact with the arcane arts but aren't necessarily... I don't know. How do I... There's a lot of theory, it seems like, with arcanism. A lot of categorisation and organisation of things which can't really be categorised and organised. Like, what's the real difference between a ghost and an echo? Carl on the forum said a ghost has more personality and an echo can only really repeat what has been said to it, or sometimes paraphrase. But, both have a point of origin. They're both the imprint of someone's arcane energy lingering on beyond their death. Is the echo an incomplete ghost? But is one lesser than the other? In that case, in what sense is a ghost complete? And ghouls, well, ghouls by everyone's account, seem to just be ghosts that aren't very nice to deal with. It hardly seems fair to annex them in their own separate category just because they aren't very nice. And forum user Emma Purinen said, Sometimes, ghouls just repeat what people say, but twist it, which makes them sound awfully like an echo. And don't even get me started on phantoms, a ghost with less substance. What on earth is that supposed to mean? And poltergeist? Like a ghost with more of an ability to muddle with mundane objects? How much more? (laughs) Nobody seems to know. Or if they do, there are eight people with their own very different answers. Point is, these definitions, they seem hazy and almost... I don't know. Pointless. What are they for? Who do they help? Is it for people like Stickler and Stickler who spend their time cleaning up arcane messes? For people like Madame Marie who seem to spend their time making them? I don't know. None of this is helpful day to day, and a lot of it is pretty contentious, and most of the people who tuned into Spirit Box Radio, or at least those who wrote into the show, they didn't seem to have that much of an active interest in it. Arcanism was, for them, what it needed to be. They wrote to Madame Marie to get advice because they needed it. 
Madame Marie, on the other hand, she had a little book of big magic. She had this deck of true arcanist tarot cards. She had boxes and boxes of notes, which make very little sense at all, and I'm convinced half of them are written in some sort of code. Those lines, the ones between echoes and ghosts and ghouls and phantoms, she was barely interested in them, seems like. She was interested in something else. The big ticket stuff that everyone else seemed to be taking for granted. See, it's like Kitty said. Arcanism, it's just vibes, really. Intent. Belief. Whatever. Arcane energy can be used and manifested if you find a way to tap into it within yourself. There are loads of ways to do it. Call it intent, call it belief, it doesn't matter. But that's the thing that happens when you cast a circle or draw a card or gaze into a crystal ball. You are narrowing your focus, focusing your intent, and through it, the arcane energy which is a part of us, and flows through us and connects us with the very fabric of existence. Madame Marie seemed to want to take that apart and examine it, even though it seems to me like a pretty impossible task. I mean, it's pretty abstract, isn't it? The whole point of the arcane is that it's arcane, right? So, how do you understand the thing that by its nature defies being understood? All of this is a very long-winded way of saying that I have no idea what's going on with the spirit box service. I've laid out on the floor in Kitty's shed for hours, even a whole day once, just listening to the constant flick, flick, flick through the channels and hearing things that come through. Whispers, voices, ghosts or echoes, I don't know. Since we don't know where the sound is being broadcast from, and the only way I've managed to interrupt it is, well, I've drawn a circle and I thought very hard and the microphone light came on and... It's not plugged into anything, but it's not worth worrying about, not really. Plugging it in did not help. So I just marked out the lines, lit some candles, sat in the middle of them, picked up the mic and said, you'll let me do this. And it did. Which, small victories, isn't it? It seems to be playing along just fine, at least from what I can tell. <sighs> okay, so moving on then to the forums. You all have a lot of questions, which is, you know, understandable. I'll try and make my way through them one by one, but we'd be here all night, faithful listeners, and a lot of them are variations on the same few things over and over, so I think it's best just to tell you what I know, which, to be honest, isn't really a lot. But it's something. I've been trying to set up the broadcast ever since... well... ever since the last broadcast. It took hours to get back from the ruins of the impossible house, and when we got here, there was nothing but a broken husk. The walls were still standing, but every window was broken, like gaping, empty eyes. The neighbours were standing in the street. They called the fire brigade, but there hadn't been a fire, not that anybody had seen. Nobody saw or heard anything, apart from a little girl from the house at the end of the street. Maisie, her name was. She woke up at three in the morning to a cat tapping on her second floor bedroom window. She let him inside and noticed he was covered in dust. She was still hanging on to Ravel when we got there at about nine. He seemed rather pleased to see me, if a little irritated. Didn't you, darling? And then the house. The house. I can't explain what it was like to walk through the rubble. There was nothing there, nothing at all that resembled the only house I can remember living in. It was never a happy place, but it was a home, and I was at times happy there. 
Kitty and I had hopes for the basement studio, but whatever I did that whisked us from the studio into the nowhere place of the impossible house seems to have been the source of the damage, and so the basement fared the worst of all. The door, with its 16 locks, stood in its frame, fragile pieces of plasterboard with yellow paint, the only remains of the wall it had once stood in. The stairs were blocked by everything that had once stood above them. There was nothing we could do. Kitty's been back and forth between here and a few places she knows of where she might find people who knew Madame Marie, trying to learn whatever she can about this heir apparent stuff. One of my biggest concerns when we got back and saw what had happened to the house was the rest of the cats, but they all seem fine. Cosmo and Eggroll are dozing on the fluffy blanket Anna bought for us to ward off the winter chill in the shed, and all of the other strays I've seen before are accounted for. I'm tempted to name them all, but Oliver said that would be absurd as he's seen at least four tabbies coming and going, and the addition of names only adds to the potential for offence, and I, I suppose he's right, as much as I'd love to just forge ahead and make a huge spreadsheet about it or something. Yes. Thank you, I am aware I'm going on a bit. You're quite right. <sighs> I feel... different. Ever since what happened in the house, I've felt it. It's like the volume has been turned up on the universe. Maybe it's because I'm going outside more now, but I don't know. I feel more whole somehow and the mark on my throat where Bliss severed the bond of Madame Marie's arcane maze. The scar has grown, spread, like lightning crawling through my skin, right up to my chin and all the way down my chest. It's a scar, and it should be new, but it's old, white, almost pleasant. Yes, sorry, Revel darling, I did get distracted again, didn't I? What else do I need to... Oh, the recording machine. The only thing we actually managed to pull out of the basement studio, it's pretty beaten up. It did burst into flames after we all, you know, seanced. I think it'll be alright. I've not managed to get it to talk to me yet, but I think it will, eventually. I don't know how I know that, I just sort of... do? Ugh, I hate how much of this is like that. How much of it's all about sense. It's like, what sort of nonsense is that? I just know. But then Oliver is right, I guess. Things seem to work out. Well, not exactly work out, but they do at least change when I just sort of let things be what they are. I don't know. But maybe that's good? Ugh, you see? It's infuriating. Think about it, but not too much. It's like the bloody man in the flat caps riddle. Seek, but don't search. It's all about giving up a piece of yourself to it. It's all about surrender. I can't let it go, though. I have a running theory about the show, and me. I think it was somehow connected to the maze Madame Marie made to contain my power, which involved the house and maybe herself. I don't really know. It's how I've managed to get things to work, actually. It's completely bonkers, really. I've actually cast a circle around this whole part of the shed. I knew I was on the right track because as soon as I crossed the chalk lines, even before I lit any candles, I could feel the sort of thrill under my skin smudge the chalk away and that's when I reach for the sharpie. It's great. I... I don't know. Anyway, yes. As those of you who use the forums likely already know, they've been back up and running for a couple of weeks now. 
I don't know how that happened either. Except I had a dream about it, and then, well, there we are. Best not to overthink it. Don't like a gift horse in the mouth, as I say. Uh, which brings us to the inconvenient topic of the inconvenient sins, I suppose. Another source of many questions on the forums. I don't know what I did, except that I banished them. I don't know what it means, except that they're gone. And I can feel that they're out there, far away from me. It's strange. I'm not aware of it. Not exactly. In the same way you're not aware that you have toes unless you concentrate on them. It's like... I don't know. The act of banishing them, that tied me to them somehow. Oliver says that's what it's like to hold an active spell over a living thing, though he hotly contests that this inconvenience is alive at all. I say he's alive, and if he's alive, they must be too, but he insists they're different. They don't remember what it was like before they were Major Arcana. I don't know what that means. He was offering to say more, I think, but... I don't know. I won't press him, especially not as... I don't know. I just, I don't know how to explain it. Since what happened in the house, people just, they do as I ask. I, I don't have to intend it to happen. I just say something and they do it. It's not all the time. If I'm concentrating really hard on not doing it, I can say an imperative without it being, you know, not all the time, not consistently, but it just sort of does. Something is different in me now. I don't know how to explain it, really. I think it's always been there. This sort of... I don't know, this feeling. But I can't ignore it anymore, and I don't know how I ever managed it before. It must have been something to do with Madame Marie's maze. I still don't really understand what she did. As time goes on, though, I'm becoming more certain that whatever it was, I'm never going to get the memories of being a child back. From what Anna says, that might not be such a terrible thing in the end. At the impossible house, once it collapsed, imploded, none of those are the right word for what happened. It's all folded in on itself, like origami, edges appearing where edges should not be and folding inwards again and again until there was nothing. Underneath where the house had stood, a tangle of brambles and weeds crisscrossed a pile of rubble embedded in the dirt. It was the rubble Kitty, Anna and Madame Marie had searched through so many years before, looking for me, seven years old, asleep as I would be consistently for the next six years. There's a thing with that. Something's not quite right because I remember almost nothing until I was almost 18, but I had been awake, apparently, for five years before then. On and off, at least. That was why Anna had felt justified in going off to university, why Kitty thought I should have remembered. I just should have been dead. Whilst I was asleep, I needed nothing, no water, no sustenance, I just slept. Kitty said they took me to the hospital, and Anna told me I was there for nine months, but they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me or why I didn't die. My pulse was so slow it was barely detectable, but I was growing at a normal rate for a child of my age. 
It was the point at which one of the doctors suggested cutting into my skull just to see that Madame Marie brought me home, which is something, I guess. I... I don't know. Before we came home, we did look in the rubble. I don't know what I was looking for. We found a shoe that was Anna's when she was small. Bright red, Appa coming away from the soul. Kitty found a painting she'd done of the sky, filled with birds, though she tells me reliably the red splodge in the background was not meant to represent the sun, but something exploding. There were some drawings of the white door, but there were always drawings of the white door. I don't know what I was hoping for. There was something else in the rubble. Dozens upon dozens of notebooks. A lot of them were rotten, pages turned practically to dirt. Others, though, a few layers down, were dirty, but otherwise well-preserved. There were 28 where we could still decipher words upon the pages. When Madame Marie's office appeared underneath the basement studio, Anna and Kitty said there were rows and rows of journals there on the shelves. Some of the notebooks we found do seem like journals, notes of places and times, moods and feelings. Some of them are written in neat, slanted cursive, others in Madame Marie's more loopy, chaotic hand. There are pages of unbroken prose, ramblings they seem like, which make little sense and at times are barely legible. And there are stories. I don't know what else to call them. Accounts? Statements? Records? None of them seem right. Story doesn't either, but it's the closest I can think of. These things come without citation, unevidenced, sources usually unmarked. Stories will have to do. There's this one in particular, and I'll read it to you now. Boy of small size, blue-eyed. He watched as they came up the garden path. A girl stood beside him, some years his senior, her hair in pigtails. When I rang the doorbell, I heard the thunder of their feet upon the cheap laminate floors. The girl answered the door. Have you come for a cat? she said. I nodded, though I had not. The boy appeared beside her, holding a kitten no larger than my two cupped hands. I took it from him. Both children stared at me until the girl darted forwards to catch another kitten as it darted out of the door in a bid for freedom. A harried woman in a dressing gown and rollers thundered down the stairs. I'm so sorry. You know kids. They get excited when you give them a job to do. I smiled and tried to look pleasant. The woman smiled back. Oh, come in, I'll make some tea and you can choose. Wonderful, I said. The kitten in my hands was squirming. I followed the woman through the house, tailed by the girl and the small, slender boy. I sat at a small round table as the kettle boiled. Kittens sat on counters and chairs. One peered at me from atop the microwave. On the windowsill, a small altar with candles, bundled lavender, burnt at one end from cleansing. The air was sweet with it, masking the musk of too many cats beneath. The kitten in my hands twisted and jabbed its needle teeth into my thumb. In surprise, I dropped it and it landed with a soft thud between my feet. It teetered unsteadily on its forepaws for a moment before leaping at another, rolling out of sight in a ball of fur and claws. There's so many, I said, without meaning to. The small boy was standing in the doorway. He grinned. Yeah, said the woman. Can't testify how good they are. Not sure where they've come from. Everyone's been happy. Everyone? Yeah. Do you just want one? Sugar, I said. The boy's grin widened. No, cat, said the woman. I blinked. What? I looked away from the boy and at the woman. She was staring at me with some wonder and then, glancing at the boy, her eyes widened. 
You're her. Yes. She glanced around, ushered the boy into the hall and closed the door. I'm so sorry, we mostly get people about the cats. You don't know where they've come from. I wish I knew, said the woman quietly. The boy, I said. Your brother. The woman looked me dead in the eye. No. He's my uncle. He's been here since my grandparents were... I don't really know what happened to them. Gods! Oliver, you made me jump! Can't you manifest outside? My apologies, Magpie. I'm sorry for startling you. I'd intended for the garden, but you're... Well, I always end up a little closer to you than I originally intend. Hmm. What's that? I heard you managed to get the broadcast going again. I thought I'd bring you a hot chocolate for when you were finished. Oh, it's hot? Yes, it is in the name of the beverage. I'd have thought you could deduce that. All right, all right. Hmm. I'm beginning to see why it infuriates you when I do that. I'll be outside with my ice cream. Okay, I'll be done in a minute. Right, where was I? Oh, that's right. Thank you, Revel, darling. Yes, um, the entry ends a few lines after where I stopped. The boy was the woman's uncle, born about ten years before her. He looked about five, maybe six, always had. At the end, there's a line that just says kittens again, and confirmed impossible child. I don't know if you remember, faithful listeners, but many months ago, when I'd not long taken over as host of the show, one of the forum users, Jinghua, disappeared, following an encounter with a boy who was far younger than he should have been. She was found weeks later with no memories of what had happened or of her life before. There was a letter, too, about a girl who had been seven years old for decades upon decades, painting masterpieces in some kind of observation room. I'm a little less weirded out by it all now that my boyfriend is immortal or whatever, but it's strange that these journals all seem to be accounts of them. I can't tell if they're rumours or facts. Oliver said that the impossible children aren't major arcana like him because you need to consent to a deal in order to strike one and few actual children can do so with enough real intent to make it all work properly or something. He's very cagey about talking about it all. I'll ask a question and he'll go on and on about these tiny meaningless details for hours until I fall asleep. Or he does. Twice that's happened. He's bored himself to sleep with his own explanations. It's a good thing he's so good looking. I can hear you. I know, love. (laughs) Anyway... None of that really gets us anywhere, except that Madame Marie was compiling these, and I think she was doing it for a reason. It has to be to do with me. But I grew and aged. I've seen a photograph of myself as a child. I was 22 three weeks ago, and now I'm 23. Six months ago, my hair was not completely grey. Once, I was small enough for Anna to hold me in her arms, not that she doesn't threaten to carry me like a baby on a regular basis now. You know... That night, after the impossible house crumbled away, I felt alive. I felt... I felt... I don't know. I thought it would keep growing. I thought that because I know, you know, it would mean that I... Knowledge is power, isn't it? So why don't I feel powerful? I don't know. But I don't feel powerful. It has been good to speak with you. 
I feel better. Connected somehow. Though we've spoken on the forums a bit, I... There's something about directly speaking, I think. It makes things... I don't know. It makes me feel whole. I think I'll sleep tonight better than I have in weeks. Thank you, faithful listeners. And good night. Spirit Box Radio is a podcast created by Pippin Awa Major, distributed by Hanging Source Studios under a Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike 4.0 international licence. This episode starred Pippin Awa Major as Sam, Jesse Jeffrey as Kitty, Will Cummings as Oliver, and an assortment of cats as Revel and Eggroll. Find more at hangingsourcestudios.com and consider supporting the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash hangingsourcestudios for early access to new episodes and shiny bonus content. Spirit Box Radio is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Tune in, get spooky. I hope it's all right for me to write to you. Me and my friend have known each other since uni. My family's a bit complicated. I've got this one cousin. Is an obligate carnivore. Situation is being complicated by her thrall. My girlfriend is from a different genus to me. I say no neighbours. There is one. I've got lots of friends who are creatures. Which Muppet is the sexiest? And I wish I could tell you I didn't see the mushrooms until it was too late. But I'm so lonely. Time's a bit weird here. Rubbing themselves clean, their arms, their face, wiping over every part of themselves. My cabbages. I kissed her under oceans, among the stars. Yuck! And before you know it, it's stop, drop and roll in the middle of the foyer. Cold, emotionless eyes. There's no sugarcoating it. I died. You can imagine that it's a bit of a sore spot for me. Too bloody weird. I don't want to hurt my friend. I don't want to get the council involved. How can I make amends to her? How do I close this distance between us? Is there any salvaging this situation? How do I stop feeling like this? I'm at my wit's end. 
But isn't there anything I can do? What can I do? What should I do? Please help. Monstrous Agonies. Weekly advice for creatures of the night. New episodes every Thursday. Listen online at monstrousagonies.co.uk or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.